When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is our match reaction series. Joining you uh, a couple of days after uh, Saturday's win over Sheffield United. I'm joined this morning by Umar. How do you mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, not bad, Tom. Um, yeah. Nice way to start, though. Yeah, pretty good. Hope you're good as well. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Uh, certainly a uh, a nice win. It's got us. Uh, to a strong position in the table, of course. You know, second place above Man City because of goal, goal scored. You know, we're level on them on points and and goal difference. But, you know, I think that in particular is quite an interesting point. You know, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, Arsenal not as fluid this season, not as free scoring and that. But we've scored more goals than Man City. So we mm. can't be doing too badly, can we? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that Saturday's game, it was the perfect response you could say because it was an opportunity for Arsenal to play some good football at home score a lot of goals against uh, let's be honest um, poor Sheffield United team to be honest and they've done they've done what they were supposed to to be honest so you have to credit them for their win um, scoring five goals um, fantastic performance to speak about Eddie and Ketia and the likes of Fabio Vieira and Tomiyasu but yeah it was a nice win, comfortable win. They've not had many this season. At times, it's been a bit nervy, um, a lot of late goals. So it was nice to just go into a game and expect to win. And I think we got the job done. So, yeah, fair play to Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a really strong performance against the team. You know, we saw Chelsea struggle against a low block this weekend in, in Brentford. And a lot of their fans have come out and said, you know, we can kind of get results sometimes against the likes of, of Arsenal, against Liverpool, because they attack and that opens up spaces for them to to have opportunities. But it's a test of real, you know, strength and character sometimes and quality of teams to be able to break down the sides that are difficult to beat. Yeah, yeah. Sheffield United obviously very nearly got a result at Spurs. They very nearly got a result against City. They very nearly got a result against United as well this season. They've only narrowly lost to those teams. But Arsenal absolutely put them away. I would say that compared to their performances against those sides, they were dreadful. <laughs> but it was the worst team I think I've ever seen before Sunday and I watched the Manchester derby and then I saw an even worse team play than Sheffield United, also ending in United as well. But uh, I think when it comes to the, our performance, you know, we kind of were patient. We had to grind out the first goal and then that kind of opened the floodgates in the second. Would you say that's a fair representation? Yeah, I think the good thing about these games against uh, below-par teams is like you you don't have to 
waste a lot of energy. You can conserve a lot of energy in these games because you go into these games expecting to win. You're a far better team than the opponent, but you have to just bide your time in these sort of games because as you just touched on, Sheffield United, they're going to come, they're going to be, well, try to be defensively solid, uh, try to basically hurt us on the counter-attack, but to be honest, the attacking threat is, is next to nothing, if we're being brutally honest. So it was all about being patient and it was always a case that if Arsenal get the first goal, then obviously... Sheffield United, their confidence takes a bit of a hit. They start to open up a bit more and then there's more space for Arsenal to grab the second, third, fourth, fifth goal, which they did do so on the weekend. So, yeah, it, it was just a nice day uh, at the carpet, to be honest. You're obviously there. And it's just nice to go into a game expecting to win, not being nervous. You can just enjoy it more in a way because yeah. you know you're going to get the three points. Um it's like an exhibition, to be honest, and I think it was on Saturday. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was relatively dull in a very good way. You know, I was there watching the game. I was able to finish my article that I was writing pretty close to the end of the. Uh, sorry, quite far from the end of the game because you just knew what was really going to happen. I only had to tweak certain things once the Tommy Asu and the Vieira goals went in, uh, which we'll discuss. But obviously, sometimes you just need a composed performance, a controlled display, and and that sets you up perfectly for your next fixture, which this did. Obviously, the biggest talking point in the game is Eddie Nketiah, uh, who scored a hat-trick. Um, yeah, I've seen so much reaction to this, of a broad spectrum of views on it. I've seen the rather ridiculous claims that, you know, it's not that great because it's Sheffield United. I just find that mad, you know, considering yeah. a guy scored two goals against uh, against Man United that scored uh, Chelsea and, and, you know, really important goals in big games. He turns up in those two uh, and he's, he's obviously scored a hat-trick here. But it was the way in which the goals were scored on an individual level that I think are deserving the most credit of the first one. Fantastic touch after a great pass from Rice, great finish. The second one, the ball falls to him and he, you know, fires the ball into the only area of the goal that has no, you know, an open space. It's a really good finish in that sense. And obviously the third goal speaks for itself. It's an unbelievable strike as well. So what did you make of Nketiah's performance and, of course, the fallout from, from that as well? You made a great point there. I think his hat-trick was unique in a way because you look at his mm. hat-trick and... Every goal that he scored on the weekend, it was different. It showed different attributes. The first goal, I think, is brilliant composure to take into his feet. I think he gets past Austin Trusty. I think it is. Yeah. And he's very calm. He's very composed. And he finishes it well. The second goal is from a set piece. It's from a corner. I know it's a bit chaotic in the box. But again, he's a fox in the box. Like in those area areas, you know that Eddie and Ketty are nine times out of ten, he's gonna put the ball in the back of the net. And again, it's a great finish into the roof of the net. But the third goal is just like if I'm if I'm being completely honest, I didn't expect that Enketia could do something like that. Because I think all his goals, more often than not, come in the final third, coming in in and around the penalty area. So to get that, I think again it shows that how much confidence can do as well. When you're playing good football, you've got two goals, everything's going right for you, everything's going right for the team. You think, why not? I've got an opportunity here. There's acres of space. Let me just try it. And it's a fantastic hit. Straight into the roof of the net, top corner. Um, the Sheffield United goalkeeper has no chance. But again, it's interesting because, look, I understand if people think that we can do better than Nketiah, if we can do better than Gabriel Jesus. I don't mind that. I think I think like if you want to be ambitious, I think Arsenal can 
do better if they want to get to the level of continually challenging for the Premier League title, going far in the latter stages of the Champions League. However, if your number nine striker is out injured for this game, which Gabriel Jesus was, and you have a player like Eddie Nketiah that can come in and score a hat-trick, and I know it's Sheffield United, and I know they're not the best of teams in this division, but it's mm. still a Premier League team. It's still a Premier League game. Look what they've done to Tottenham a few weeks ago. Tottenham were lucky to come away with that game with three points. Yeah. They were they were a bit yeah. unlucky, I think, last weekend against Manchester United at home. They were unlucky against Manchester City as well at home, which which we forget about. Rodri scoring that late, late goal to get them the three points. So I think there's an agenda with Eddie and Ketia, and I think some fans just don't like him. And I don't know mm. what that stems from because for me, he's a hell end boy. And he works his socks off. And the thing I like about Eddie and Kitty, he's worked hard to get into this mm. position. Mm. He's not been given it. That's the key thing for me. And you go back to the Amazon documentary when he had to go at Sambi Lokonga. I think both of them weren't playing at that time. And he was a bit yeah. explicit in his response. And he said, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat what he said, but everyone knows what he said. But I like what I like about Eddie and Kitty is work ethic works his socks off probably in training he probably treats it like a match day gives it nine nine out of ten every single week why do you think mm-hmm. Mikel likes him relies upon him why do you think arsenal gave him a new contract because yeah. again he's someone that can come in when your number nine striker is out injured and he can do a job for you and that's not me saying that we can't do better because i think we can but when you're talking about better it has to be very, very better than what we have right now. So fair play to Eddie. I'm happy that he grabbed the hat-trick and hopefully it silences a few of his doubters. But I don't think that will happen because, again, when people have an agenda, I think they stick by that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think um, I think that Eddie Nketiah is a player that, you know, will continue to struggle to kind of convince the majority um you know of, of, of fans i've certainly had my doubts i still have doubts you know about eddie and ketia uh i think that when it comes to i think when it comes to specifically looking at where his future lies trying to find a way for him to start games when gabriel jesus is back on paper is really difficult yeah um because you spent a lot of money on jesus you know and is a helen graduate He's not a very fashionable profile of player. Like he's not got. I don't know what it is sometimes about somebody. Do you know what he reminds? Do you know who he reminds me of? Sometimes. Yeah. Do you know who you know he reminds I mean? me of? Like Oli Gunnar Solskjaer back in the day. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like um, Nicholas Bentner, right? When he yes. came through like, as a young player, like. His name didn't like spark like, you know, even his style and his kind of like stature as a player as well. Um, I'm talking about his physicality and kind of what he was as a pro. But Eddie Nketiah, like he's quite, well, when he burst on the scene, quite slight, quite small. Um, he's obviously bulked up now and he's certainly put, you know, the muscle on now. His, his athleticism is excellent now. Um, a name like Eddie as well. I don't know what it is. There's something. I don't know what it quite is, you know, um, but won't convince people. Um, that that he's got that future, he can only do what he's done in that game and make that consistent. You know, I said this morning I was saying, you know, for for him it needs to be when Gabriel Jesus comes back, 
that there isn't a talk of him coming straight back into the team. The context that when Jesus is fit is he's on the bench and has to fight for his place back because Eddie's Eddie's nailed that down for the short term at least. And if he continues to play well, continues to score goals, then there's nothing that Gabriel Jesus can necessarily do about but, it. He has to prove that. Go on. Yeah, but I think uh, that's a great point. And I think that was the same conversation at the start of the season when Enkitia was in the team. And he started the season off well, but then he dipped down a bit and he wasn't getting the goals that we needed from him. And obviously, Gabriel Jesus comes back into the fold. There's an opportunity here this week for Enkitia. Obviously, Jesus is out right now with an injury. We don't know what the situation is. Maybe he could be back for the game against Newcastle United on Saturday. Again, time will tell. But if he's not in the team, in the squad for that game at St. James's Park on Saturday, and say, for example, Eddie Nketiah starts that game, if he was to, say, get a goal or contribute very, very well to that game and we were to get three points at a difficult away ground, then again, it would show that Mikel Arteta has a dilemma on his hands. Because if you can do it in the big games away from home, I don't think Eddie Nketiah has scored away from home this season, has he? I think all his goals have come at home. If I'm not mistaken. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think they have. So if he was to go and grab a goal away from home and get the three points and help Arsenal to a big, big win against Newcastle, then obviously it's, it's a difficult um, dilemma that Mikel Arteta has. Obviously, Jesus, what he offers Arsenal's um, attacking, attacking threat is priceless. How he interchanges mm-hmm. with Saka, Martinelli. Um, you saw his performance in the Champions League in midweek against Sevilla. Fantastic. But again, Eddie Nketiah has to show Mikel Arteta that, look, I'm doing a job here for the team. I'm scoring goals. Let me stay in the team and let me prove that I can be Arsenal's number nine. Again, we'll see yeah. if that will happen. But again, it all stems from, it's, it's all down to Eddie Nketiah and his performances. Yeah, it is. Uh, and hopefully he scores. I've done some, a bit of research now and he's got a better goal, non-penalty goal per start ratio the last three seasons than Ivan Tony. He's got a better shot Per goal. Is um, Ivan Tony a sexier name than Eddie Nketiah, though? Apparently. Apparently, Ivan, you know, is a strong name, apparently, more so than Eddie. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I, I since it, look, if, if, if Eddie goes on to succeed at Arsenal, it's only good for Arsenal. So I just yeah. want, you know, I don't care who succeeds as long as someone does because it means it's a good thing for Arsenal and Arsenal has to come first. Um, other outstanding performances, obviously, for good and, and, and negative reasons as well. You know, the attacking midfielders were picked because Martin Odegaard has got a uh, an injury. Arteta is confirmed. We've got more information coming out about that injury at midday today on Football London. So keep your eyes peeled 
about on that for that information. But uh, Havertz and Smith Rowe played in attacking midfield. And I personally wasn't too enthralled by their contribution. I know Eddie uh, Smith had the assist to kind of parlay the ball off to Eddie before he smashed the ball in. But I, I didn't think either of them really grasped that opportunity as much as I would have liked them to in a really big win. Am I being too harsh? Um, it's difficult. It's difficult. I think with Emil Smith Rowe, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because mm. I think he, he he's not played a lot of games this season and he's not had a lot of opportunities. And it's his first big opportunity since, I think, I, when was the last time he played started the Premier League game? 2022, I think it was. Mm. So a long, long time. Mm. And he's been given the opportunity on the weekend. And fair play to Mikel Arteta. Because I think when I saw the team, I was like, yes, Mikel. You're starting to you start you're starting to get get the gist of things, rotation, rotation, rotation. You brought in Kibio, um, Emil Smith Rowe started, Havertz started, and Ketia started, and you freshened it up. And I think that's a big, big thing that Arsenal have needed for a long time. And I was glad that Mikrate had done that. But again, I think with Emil Smith Rowe, I think in training he must be doing something right now because Mikrate yeah. wouldn't give him that opportunity. Even if he was, even if Martin Odegaard had an injury, yeah, and there was no other option, if Emil Smith Rowe was not pulling up trees in training, Arteta wouldn't pick him. Yeah. He yeah, I mean, Vieira didn't start, who, you know, is arguably had a better start to the season than Smith Rowe. Exactly. So, so it shows he's doing something right. It shows that Emil Smith Rowe is probably getting back to the level that we want to see him at. He, his, his performances are probably improving in training. But now the next step for Mill is to put those performances in training onto the pitch when he gets given an opportunity. And again, yeah, maybe it was not the most flamboyant of performances. Maybe he could have, could have done a lot better in terms of yeah. contributing to the game, which which I agree with. But I think with Havertz, I think in that dilemma, he should be doing a lot more because mm. he's been playing. He's been given the opportunity a lot of the time in different positions. And I think when you're playing against Sheffield United at home, three o'clock in a game that you should be winning, yeah. you should be asking for the ball a lot more. You should be contributing yeah. to the game a lot more. So yeah. I think with the Mill Smith row, let's see what he can do in the upcoming weeks. I think we'll, he'll probably start in midweek against West Ham. Yeah, in the Cup. And with Havertz, I think I agree with you. I think you want a bit more. You want a bit more because when your captain is not in the squad, um, not in the squad, sorry, on the bench. He's out with an injury. It's the time for Havertz to basically show Mikulata, look, I can do a job in this position. But again, we still don't know if he can. Yeah, I, I just wanted more. You know, I just wanted more from them in that game. I just didn't feel like they grasped the opportunity they had. Um, both like Smith Rowe certainly I thought was slightly better than Havertz. Um, but I, I just, I was just frustrated, you know, I was frustrated because I wanted them to, I really wanted them to, you know, I'm not the type to, to jump on the bandwagon of Havertz bashing or Smith Rowe bashing. Do you know what the, sorry to interrupt, do you know what the funny oh. thing is? I think if Odegaard started alongside Emil Smith Rowe, yeah, I think, Emil's, yeah, I think it would have been much, much better. Mm. I, think, I think we really missed Odegaard, especially in the first yeah. half, like. Yeah, definitely. It was so obvious the right-hand side was suffering. Um, 
Havertz was like, I felt like he was just kind of, I don't want to call him a passenger because I think that's too harsh, but I think that he allowed the game in some ways to pass him by in some senses. And like, when he could have been a little bit more direct, he chose like an easy ball, which I don't that's know. That's what I mean. Insane. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I, under- I understand in certain games where you have to do that. But again, Sheffield United, that's the opportunity to like ask for the yeah. ball. He's one yeah. of the main. He only asked the ball in that last moment when yeah. he had that shot. He was calling for it and he got it. And obviously, it was just t- it was a tough chance. I'm not going to criticize him for not. You have to demand it. it you have to one. demand it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to make those runs more uh, and ask for the ball more. And then once you've played the ball, don't just ab- admire the pass you've made. You, you know, move yeah. dynamically into better positions. And I just felt like he didn't he didn't do that. And I've been one of his biggest defenders this season. And I really want to see more from him. But yeah, that was a game I think maybe he could have done more. We'll probably see him again play on Wednesday against West Ham. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at the press conference tomorrow morning as well to hear from Mikel Arteta. And maybe that'll be featured in in some of the discussions with the manager about that so yeah let's let's wait and see um what happens in that regard uh obviously Vieira and Tomiyasu I don't think there's much to be said about Vieira's contribution you know you've obviously won the penalty we could have a talk about VAR but I don't really want to because it's such a long discussion it was a long wait for that one but it was obviously a penalty that they got the decision right in the end uh, but Tomiyasu I'm so glad that he scored and got his first Arsenal goal because I thought and he, I know he came on in the position I least enjoy him playing in at right back for Ben White, who also nearly scored a screamer of his own in the game. Um, but Tommy Asu getting his goal, I, I think it caps off what has been a really strong start to the season for him. Definitely. Like, he deserved that moment. He deserved that moment because after the game, obviously he's on Instagram, he put a message out there saying that that goal was for his mum who passed away. Um, last year, which I didn't know, uh, uh, nobody knew, nobody knew about that. So, how much he's probably given Arsenal last season, playing week in, week out, training at such a high level when he was going through such a unfortunate and sad situation with his mother's passing, it's a testament to his character. It's a testament to how much us fans love him, to be honest, because Tomiyasu. Like, he may not be the most eye-catching of players, but you know when he starts a game, he's going to give it his all. He's going to give it 9 out of 10, no matter what. And I saw Fabrizio Romano, um, I think yesterday, he said that Inter Milan were reportedly interested in signing Tomiyasu in the summer, but Arsenal shut that down completely. Mikel Arteta has continually spoken about the fact that the players love him. Um, They love having him around the dressing room. He's a reserved character, which I'm not surprised because I think Tomiyasu comes across as that quiet, yeah, um, keeps himself to himself. But I think the fa- uh, sorry, the players respect him. They like being around him. Um, but yeah, I just think that was just a brilliant moment for Tomiyasu. Um, shows his character. Fantastic player. And again, he's only 24 years of age. Like He's very, very young. And if he touch wood can get rid of these little niggles, these little injuries. He's going to have an opportunity to be Arsenal's potentially first-choice left-back. I thought Zinchenko had a very good game on the weekend. I think it's the perfect game for Zinchenko to come back into. But in the big games, Tomiyasu is going to start. And Tomiyasu will start on Saturday against Newcastle United, away from home. That's in James's part. If he isn't, Arteta has made a massive mistake. But I don't. He I, think to play I think he, he will. Play left back. I, I think he does. I think yeah. he will. I think we're now in a situation where Mikel Arteta realizes how important Tomiyasu is 
to this Arsenal team. Mm-hmm. And the most unfortunate thing for me is last season when Saliba picked up an injury and he was out for, for the rest of the season, it had to be Tommy Asa to pick up an injury in the same game to rule him out for the rest of the season. If Saliba yeah. was injured, yeah. I think Tommy Asu could have come in for him and done a yeah, job. Yeah, I think that maybe he would have put White in and put Tommy at right back. And but this flexibility is It's better to do it the other way around, without mm-hmm. a doubt. You know, I think Tommy's a top centre-half and he doesn't play Japan, there. Obviously- for Japan, he's amazing. Yeah, top. Absolutely top. He's really good in small spaces. He's really good at defending a, like a, a zone, but an area where if you if you give him an area to be professional in, that's what you're yeah. going to get. And I think at left back, and what I love is that, you know, unlike Tierney, and I don't mean to kind of like pile on Tierney here, but like Tierney tried to demonstrate what he could do as an inverted fullback and do the role that Arteta wanted. Tommy Asu's done way more. In, in adopting what Arteta wants. He, he has listened, he's taken it on board, and he's delivered what Arteta wants from that position when, you know, he's not Zinchenko. And I, that, that quote from him when, when I asked him about that will always stick with me when he's like, I'm not Zinchenko. The thing is, is that he doesn't need to be Zinchenko. Mm. He just needs to do what he's learning about that position. And I think that he has learned so much in the short space of time at Arsenal. I think he's, yeah. If, if he wasn't at Arsenal, he would be a starting centre half or a starting left back at one of the other top teams in the world. That's why Inter Milan wanted him. He starts for Inter Milan. You know, they lost Skriniar to PSG. He starts in place of Skriniar in that Inter Milan defence because he's that good. And I think that people don't necessarily see that because he played a lot of right back. And I just think that's the worst of his roles because yeah. the right back position in the Arsenal team requires you to overlap. And getting behind and support Saka. That's a big compliment. That's a big compliment. It's a big compliment. Yeah. But I think that if he's playing more often in centre half and at left back, you're going to see the best of him as a player. Mm. You really will. So I look forward to that. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the game? No, no, no final thoughts. Um, Good day at the office, uh, to be honest. But. We've won. We've got the three points. um, But now it's on to a big week because, again, Carabao Cup. I think Mikel will probably ring the changes for this game on Wednesday night. Um, and then it's a big game on Saturday at St. James's Park. Obviously, Tottenham play Chelsea, I think, on the Monday. So, again, that, that should be um, a good game to keep an eye on. I think Manchester City have a easy enough game at home against Bournemouth. So, they should be picking up the three points. So, if we can go there on Saturday and pick up three points against Newcastle United then we'll be in a very good place. But yeah, it's a massive week for for, for the football club. Without a doubt. Marcus says, it showed well we sold trust and we made some money off it as well. He didn't have a good game. Uh, trusty, I uh, think, yeah, that three and a half million quid or whatever we made off that, or five million quid maybe it was, you know, we've, we've done very, very good to get that money. Um, Arsenal moment says, Premier League table after 10 weeks, North London, this is ours this season, but not uh, for Spurs. That is the only downside of the weekend, obviously, with Spurs getting another very lucky win one shot on target and two goals is a joke like the luck Look, play- is just <laughs> they're playing some good they're playing some good stuff I think at the no. moment I think Ange Ange has done yeah. he's, he's done well for Tottenham but I think all this title talk is being blown out of proportion like so early doors I think Tottenham they're going to have a very good season I could see them getting into the top four I don't think the top four will change to be honest, as it is right now. I think Aston Villa will push, but Manchester United, I don't think they're going to be back in the Champions League. Chelsea, I don't think they're good enough. 
I think there's, if there's any team, it'll probably be Aston Villa and Newcastle pushing for those top four places. But I think right now, Tottenham, Arsenal, City, Liverpool, those are the teams which I think will get into the top four. But let's see how Tottenham fare in their next games coming up because they've got a difficult run coming up. Mm. If they can get past that, then maybe we should be slightly worried. But I think people, the teams right now, they're coming onto Tottenham. And that gives Tottenham the license to basically hurt teams because they're so good mm. going forwards. You made a great point early on. The best teams are basically when there's a low block and you can get past that. If teams start to respect Tottenham more and start to shut up shop, let's see what Tottenham can do then. But right now, I'm not too worried. No, same. Uh, they've got a very tough set of fixtures coming up, so we'll see how they navigate those. Arsenal, of course, their next game against West Ham on Wednesday. Uh, we'll bring you coverage of Mikel Arteta's press conference tomorrow morning as well. It's at 9, 9.30, I think, tomorrow. So uh, you'll have that on the channel, of course, and all of the uh, the written breakdown will be on football.london. We've got some more pieces coming out for you today on that as well. Um, so make sure you stay tuned uh, over there to, to get everything that you want. Umar, thank you for your time out this morning. Very much appreciate it. No worries, bro. Always a pleasure. Indeed. And uh, as always, uh, we are closing in. We are at 99.9K in terms of subscribers. So I'm sensing that this week it's going to be the week. So if you can sub, you can continue to support the channel. That would be amazing as we uh, edge towards that milestone. So thank you to so many of you that have continued to support the channel. It means the world. Uh, we'll see you again, uh, of course, uh, tomorrow with, with further updates and uh, then going into that game against West Ham on Wednesday. Have a fantastic day. We'll, of course, also have a podcast for you as well. Uh, with me and Kai are going to have a chat a little bit later on today about yesterday in even more detail. So you've got some more content in that sense. But as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay. And so are we.